0: make it out hopefully you stayed warm yesterday it got pretty cool at the house if you got your bibles turn over to joel chapter three joel chapter three we're gonna there's one little verse there that's it's always caught my attention caught my eye, and we're gonna we're gonna look at it for a little bit this morning but this morning service is gonna be a little bit different because um, i've got i got stories to tell you believe it or not and i, I i've uh I contemplated this, and I've been actually working on this since uh, early January. And I'm going to give you some numbers here in a minute, some stats that are kind of morbid. I hate to even talk about it, but I need you to understand the significance behind these numbers and the date and the time frame and just a lot of different things that we're going to kind of put together here. And uh, they're going to shock you. These numbers are going to shock you. But I want you to – you don't have to write them down, but I just kind of want you to remember – Uh, these numbers and these facts that i'm going to throw at you so the very first thing i want to tell you about and this is a big number right here from january 1st of this year january 1st 2023 at at midnight when we rolled over to the new year until nine minutes ago 5,523,289 people have died That's a lot of people have died since the first of the year. Over 5 million people have died since the first of the year. In January alone, 4,746,844 people have died. And just this month, up until 11 o'clock today, 767,120 people have passed away. That's a a lot of people. Now, here's what I want you to remember on average, 107 people die. It's like 106.7 people die every minute. 106.7. I always think about Opie when he's talking about when Andy is talking about r- ratios. He says, "Poor old Horatio, never seen half a boy." <laughs> Someone round that up to 107. It's about an average 107 per minute pass away. Now, thanks to James and his recording skills back there. I've done some math of my own. My average sermon is 43 minutes. That's average. I went through last year, and it's about 43 minutes average. So that means that while we're here this morning, 4,558 folks will pass away while I'm preaching. And I know y'all die of boredom half the time while you're here, but I just want you to know that in the time span, when we start preaching, that's not counting the singing, that's just the preaching, 43 minutes. That means 4,558 folks will pass away. So in the next 43 minutes, what I need you to understand is this. There's going to be a lot of people pass away in this world. That's not in the U.S. That's worldwide. So there's going to be close to 5,000 people pass away from the time that I stood up here until we go home here shortly. Almost 5,000 people are going to die. How many of those folks are going to go to heaven and how many of those folks will go to hell? So we have, we have this time frame in our life. We have, we have things that we have to do. We have certain times that we do things. We have certain expectations that we have to meet. But everything revolves around time. Everything that we do revolves around time. We have to be at work at a certain time or we get in trouble. You have to be at school at a certain time or you'll get in trouble. You have to be at church whenever you feel like it because you ain't going to get in trouble. You just get here when you want to get here. Whatever. We have time frames. We have to be somewhere, do something at a certain time. Doctor's appointments are a big one, which I've never understood. You have to be there at a certain time, but they're always 30 and 45 minutes late. We're charged if we're late or don't show up, but we can't charge them if they're late. I ain't, I ain't got that figured out yet. But there's there's times that we have to follow. And we know that it's appointed unto man once to die. We know that we we have we understand that James tells us over uh, in 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 the book of James that life is but a vapor. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We're here for just a, just a brief amount of time, and then we're going to go. So you're probably sitting there thinking, preacher, you're, you're you're using scare tactics again. You're trying to use one of those scary sermons to to make us think about our salvation. It, If you're sitting here today and you're saved, you shouldn't have to worry about this. But if you're sitting here and you're saved this morning, what you need to understand is there's people in your life that are going to hell. There's people in your life that don't know about Jesus Christ and will go to hell. There's people in your life that you're going to lose, too, that are going to go on to heaven. But you need to be a a witness to them and, and encourage them in their walk as well. What's scary... Not really a scare tactic that uh, the, about the sermon but what's scary is in the next 43 minutes people are going to go to hell just in the past five minutes I've been standing here how many people have died and gone to hell how many people have died and gone to, in just in five minutes a lot of people that's the reality people die people that have not accepted Jesus into their hearts are going to die people that have accepted him are going to die and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything this morning, and I'm not going to say that you're going to have so many more days in your life left, or so many weeks in your life left, or so many months in your life left, or you're going to have so many years in your life left, because I don't know. I, I, my days are numbered. Your days are numbered. I just don't know what the number is. That's, that's, the, that's the tricky part about what we do in life is we don't know. We have no clue when our time will be up. God knows your appointed time and I have no idea when that'll be, but I promise you this it will happen. It will happen. Our time will come. It will happen. If you got your Bibles, stand with me, just one verse. Joel chapter three, verse sixteen. Fourteen, I'm sorry, three fourteen. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of the decision. I'm going to read that again. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as we have come to you, God, and you've given us this time. God, you've given us 43 minutes. To preach God you've given us all the time this morning to get up and come to your house you've given us time to take a breath and you've given us time to eat our breakfast and drink our coffee Lord you've given us time to have a fellowship with one another Lord you're giving us time today to worship and God I pray that we do take advantage of this time that you've given us together Lord may you touch our hearts today with this verse may you touch our hearts today with the words that will be spoken God, I pray that the songs that have been sung have touched our hearts. God, I pray today, if there'd be one here and they're not so sure about their time and they're not so sure about the, the time and the place where they may have accepted your son Jesus Christ in their life, Lord, I pray today that they would reconsider their stance with you. Lord, that they would think about that moment, and God, that they can remember and they know in their hearts they have things right with you. God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives and for your many blessings, and I pray, God, you continue to bless us all. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. I've got a few stories I want to tell, and it's important that you listen to these stories because they're two-part stories. I'm going to tell you the first part, and then I'll be Paul Harvey, and I'll give you the rest of the story, if that's all right. All right, I want you to think about This is not part of the story. I'm, I'm going to look at some, some more Scripture here and some more stories in the Bible first. But on the cross, I want you to remember, we're getting close to Easter. We're, here we are February. Easter's right around the corner. And at Easter, we always talk about the cross, and then we'll tend to bring up the thieves at the, on the cross. And Think about at the cross. You had Jesus in the middle. You had the thief on the left, thief on the right. And you had two decisions that were made. They had time to make decisions. One thief made the decision that he wanted to follow Jesus, and he said that he would, wanted to, to be remembered as he entered into paradise. So we had the one that made that decision, and then we had the second that made a decision to not follow Jesus. They had decisions. They had a time to make decisions. Now, those guys were dying. Normally, when you're dying like that, you don't have time to make decisions like that. These guys were hanging on the cross of Jesus, and they had a few more minutes left to make a decision. One said yes, one said no. One said I'll follow you, one said I will not. Going in, uh, further back in the Bible uh, earlier on, and Jesus talks about the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler asked Jesus, said, what must I do to inherit life, eternal life? What must I do to inherit heaven? What can I do to, to, uh, to, to make it into your kingdom? What can I do? And Jesus flat out said, he told him, just sell your stuff off. Sell it off, pick up your cross, follow me. He couldn't do it. He had a moment there when he could have made the best decision of his life. He had the time to do it, but he did not. He couldn't do it. He couldn't sell it off. He couldn't follow Jesus like that. He could not. Now, we don't read anywhere else in the Bible. It doesn't come back and say that he had, a second, he had second thoughts about it and he decided that he would sell it off. We don't read that in the Bible. But we know that he had a time, and that time passed. And we don't know what happened after that. Maybe he did accept Jesus. We don't know. But we know that he, at that time, said no, and he moved on. A decision was made that day. We make decisions every single day. What's the hardest decision that we have to make every day to get to work? That's (laughs) that's the hardest decision I have. When I worked in EMS, the hardest decision was at 8 o'clock, we'd walk in, we'd get our trucks, and we'd get our partner, and we'd check our trucks off. But the hardest thing we had to do is figure out what we was doing for lunch that day. And we had to do that like 8.30 in the morning. It took all day to figure that out. We have decisions that we have to make every single day. Do I fire this person? That's a decision that some of us have to make. Do I hire this person? Another decision we have to make. Do I take a vacation day today? as i was studying this week uh, i did i was thinking about hunter this week as i was studying this because hunter had to make a decision back a few weeks ago months ago do i do i ask nicole to be my wife because that's a that's a, that's a, one of the biggest decisions that we'll make in this life is marriage is this the right person is he the right person is she the right person did god put us together are we equal yokes It's a decision that we have to make. We all make decisions as parents. Some of the hardest decisions that we have to make involve our children. Is this in their best interest? Is this in the best interest for our family? We have to make decisions. So on a daily basis, we make decisions. The thieves on the cross, they had to make a decision. The rich young ruler had to make a decision. Abraham had to make a decision with Isaac. Am I going to obey God? Am I going to follow through with this? Noah had to make a decision in his life. Do I look like an idiot and build this boat that we don't know about for this water that we don't know about? Am I going to be the crazy guy? He had to make a decision. We have to make decisions in this life. Which brings me to our first story. The first story is of a man. This man had some heart problems physical heart problems not spiritual heart problems well yeah he had that too he had to go in and he was going to have to have surgery the doctor told him it could take three to five hours we're going to go in we're going to clean out your arteries and you'll be good as new once we get you cleaned out and so the his wife his wife was a church going lady she loved jesus she's very active in her congregation And so she called her pastor and said, Preacher, would you mind to come be with us and pray with us as he goes into this surgery? Yes, it sounds like a simple surgery, but it has to do with your heart. Do you mind just to pray with us? And he said, Absolutely, I'll be there. And so the preacher showed up, and he sat down beside this man that was going to have the surgery. And he said, You know, I just need to talk to you for a minute. He said, You know, your wife is a a faithful member of our church. She's very active in the church. She loves Jesus. He said, What about you? We don't see you. And he said, you know, I know my wife prays for me. And I'm not the person that I should be. But she, he said, but because my wife prays for me, I think that's good enough. I think that's good enough. And then he went into surgery. Story number two. There was a young lady in her 20s. Boy, she loved party. Oh, she loved to party. She'd just live in life, and she'd get out, and she'd party with her friends, and she was living it up. She had a very bad reputation, and she, she was killing her mama. And her mama said, Honey, would you please come with me to church Friday night? We got revival this week. Friday night's the last night. I would love for you to come. Be with me Friday night. If you could just skip out with your friends and be with me on Friday night. And she did. And her mama got so excited. She was thinking in her heart, Lord, she's going to get to hear about the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus and all the things that I've been trying to instill in her all her life. She's going to get to hear it from the preacher. And the preacher got up and he preached a message all about grace and how he could save anyone that would just come to him, just accept him. No matter what the situation is in their life, Jesus can save them and she sat there in the pew i don't know if you've ever seen anybody white knuckle steering wheel but this girl was white knuckle in the back of the pew she had a hold of the back of the pew conviction was all over her she sat there trembling but she would not move and that preacher is watching the mama didn't tell the preacher anything about this girl but the preacher was watching her and he extended out that invitation a little bit longer a little bit longer, and that girl sat there, and she never would budge. After church was over with, she kind of tarried around a little bit, and after the, everybody started leaving, she made her way to find the preacher, and she said, Preacher, I need to talk to you, and they got together and, and with the mama there, and they got to talking, and, and she got to telling about her life, and, and the preacher got to tell them about how God would forgive her if she'd let him, and she looked at her watch, and she said, I got to go and she got up out of that church and left she made a decision but it wasn't the decision the mom wanted her to make she did not make a commitment to jesus at that time she just left story number three story number three has to do with the truck driver now these three stories have nothing to do with each other this truck driver was going down the road He's trying to get home. He'd been hauling for all week. He'd been gone or been gone for three weeks, actually. And he's ready to get home. And he is going down the interstate and he's trying to find him a radio station. And he was flipping around and he finally got a little bit of service and it was a preacher. It was the only thing that was real clear, and it was the preacher. And he said, you know, this would be good. And so he they dialed in and he was listening to that, to, uh, that radio preacher, and that preacher was doing nothing but preaching salvation and how good God has been. And that truck driver cranked it up a little bit. He was getting into it, and he got back in his seat, and he's relaxed and listening to that preacher. And that preacher was just talking about going home. And he said, yeah, we got something in common. He said, I'm heading home. I'm ready to see my daughter. I want to see my wife. We're heading home. And that preacher got preaching about heaven and that heavenly home and all the things that, that were waiting for us there. And that, that man Got to reflecting back about three weeks prior to that. It was on a Sunday. He was leaving Sunday night to, to hit the road, and his wife and daughter were getting ready to go to church that morning and said, Daddy, would you come with me to church? Because this preacher we have is going to tell you how much Jesus loves me and how much Jesus loves Mommy and how much Jesus loves you. And he told his daughter, said, Ain't nobody in this world loves you more than me. And he said, honey, I'm going to stay home and rest up because i got a long three weeks ahead of me. I'm going to stay home. And so this truck driver did not go to church that day. And he hit the road. He had a decision to make that day. I can go to church and be with my family, or I can just stay home. But as he's going down the road things start clicking as this preacher starts preaching and he's hearing about grace and mercy and love and he's hearing about jesus and all that jesus can provide for him and all he can do for him and he's getting excited he's thinking when i get home i'm going to church when i make it home i'm going to go to church with my, and be with my family i'm going to make it, i'm making a decision right now i'm going to go home and be with my family now for the rest of the story story number one if you remember was the man that was having surgery and as the preacher was there with him he said my wife prays for me that's good enough and then he goes into surgery well, what happens while he's in surgery is the doctor makes a mistake ruptures an artery the man bleeds out on the table And he dies. He dies. He had a decision to make a few minutes prior to that. He could have said, I know my wife prays for me, but I want to have that relationship with Jesus like she does. But he did not make that decision. He let it go. Hebrews 9.27 tells us, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Second story was that young lady. That young lady left that that Friday night. She had stuff she had to do with her friends that Friday night. And so she left, did not make that decision. That Sunday, she goes out with her friends, and they're they're partying all day, and they're drinking and cutting up and carrying on and having a good time, and they get out riding four-wheelers out in the parking lot. She's on her last lap, and she hits a curb, and she flips over the handlebar without wearing a helmet. And she cracks her skull up against the, uh, the, the sidewalk, and it kills her instantly. That girl had the opportunity two nights before, or two days before, to make a decision. And she decided not to make that decision. She decided the decision she wanted to make was to be with her friends. And that was it. That was her decision. She had time to make the right decision, but she did not make that decision 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the third story is the truck driver. This truck driver got excited. He's listening. He's driving down the road. And he's listening to that preacher, and that preacher got him all worked up. Holy Spirit fell on this man. He was convicted, and what did he do? He pulled off at the next truck stop. He pulled in that truck stop. He threw on his parking brake, and he asked Jesus into his heart. Right there on the spot, he said, I can't do this anymore. He got saved. He rolled out of his truck. He went inside the truck stop. He called home, and he said, Honey, I got some great news for you. He said, I'm about two, three hours out away from home. He said, But I just got saved. He said, This preacher was preaching about Jesus and coming home, and all I could think about is coming home. He said, At first I was thinking about coming home to y'all, but he said, Now I've got a heavenly home that I'm prepared to meet and to go see. He said, I can't wait to get home. He said, Me and you and our daughter were going to church this Sunday when I get home. He was so excited she was so excited they were a family he gets back in his truck he's heading down the interstate his tire blows out and his truck hits a rock cliff and kills him on impact and he was about two hours away from home Fire department got there and they said he's buckled up and he didn't feel a thing he just died God sent that preacher over the airwaves to preach salvation to this trucker knowing that he would never make it home. He would never make it home. But God made sure he made it to his heavenly home. 2 Timothy 4.18 says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Since this morning, how many people are on their last few minutes. Since we got here this morning at 10, 1010, <laughs> 1035. I did that on purpose this morning. I was looking at times. 1050. I think y'all got here around 1055. I was watching the cameras. Since we got here this morning, how many people have made decisions? Now, some had to make a decision, what am I going to have for breakfast? Some made a decision, am I going to put creamer Why you do this? I don't know. But why, uh, am I going to put creamer in my coffee this morning? That's a dumb decision. You don't, don't ruin your coffee. Some people had to make a decision, am I going to go to church this morning? 11 o'clock, most people are preaching by now. A lot of people are sitting in their pews thinking, or making a decision, am I going to accept Jesus today or not? They've had to make decisions. Since 11 o'clock today, a lot of decisions have been made. And as I was thinking about this yesterday, I kind of got hung up on some things yesterday. I'm still having a hard time studying. I, I just, It's been tough, tough month. <laughs> I went up to uh hmm. I went up to the cemetery yesterday. I sat on the bench. <laughs> And I looked up on the hill. And I thought for a minute, how far is heaven? You ever thought about how far it is? How far is heaven? But as I'm sitting there looking, I thought it's the same distance to hell. How far is hell? And here's what I thought about. If you'll put your, (laughs) if you put your hand on your chest, what do you feel? You feel a heartbeat. That's how far heaven or hell is for a lot of people right now. Heaven or hell is one heartbeat away. That's how far heaven is. So we have decisions to make in this life. And we have to make them when opportunity is before us. Because heaven is a heartbeat away. Hell is a heartbeat away. And God knows our timing. God knows when he's going to call us out of here. Our heartbeat, one heartbeat, is a, we're one heartbeat away from eternity. That man having heart surgery had a decision to make, and he had one heartbeat left. That young lady had a decision to make, and when she was on that four-wheeler, she had one heartbeat left. That truck driver made the best decision of his life. And he had one heartbeat left to eternity when he wrecked. We have opportunities. The man in the hospital had the preacher there to witness to him. He had an opportunity to make a decision. That young lady was sitting in the church listening to that preacher. She had the opportunity to make that decision. The truck driver, in his rig, riding down the road, listening to the preacher, he had an opportunity to make the decision. Two out of three made that decision. God will make the last call for each one of us. That's God. That's not us. We don't make that call. And I pray today, as we leave here, that we... Each and every one of us know and we have that decision made in our hearts. We've made the, the made the call, made the decision to accept Jesus into our lives. Daniel wrote this. I love this, this verse from Daniel 12, too. He said, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Some. Wouldn't it be great if he wrote that and he said all, all of us would just wake up and go to glory. All of us would close our eyes here on earth and take our last breath here on earth and open our eyes in heaven. But he said some, because we all have to make a decision. Some will decide to accept Jesus and some will decide to reject him. Everyone has that appointed time. And some only have a few minutes left to make it. Just a few minutes. I, I don't know our time in here. But we only have a few minutes left. That's the way we ought to live our life. Is that we only have a few minutes left. So whatever we do, let's make good decisions in this life. Let's make decisions that would be pleasing to God. First of all, make a decision to accept Jesus. And then after that, let's make decisions that would please him and honor him. Let's make those decisions because our time is limited. We might have... When I was up there at the cemetery yesterday, I was walking around a little bit. There's a lot of kids in that cemetery, and I did not realize it. A lot of kids. Might have a day... Might have 14 years. Might have 101 years. I don't know what you have. But what time we have here on earth, let's make good decisions. And let's make sure to make the decision to follow Jesus and make him our Savior. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as we close out the service, Father, I pray that each one of us, as we sit here today, have made the decision to follow you. We have made the decision in our heart. Lord, we have confessed our faults, our failures, our sins. Lord, we have come to you. We have cried out to you to forgive us where we have failed you. We are crying to you right now to continue to forgive us where we have failed you. But God, I pray today. Oh, Lord, how I pray today that if there would be somebody that hears this, if there would be somebody here that in this church or that will hear it later, God, I pray that if they don't have that peace in their heart they do not have the time or the place and they do not have that peace of knowing that your son is their lord and savior god i pray that the conviction would fall upon them god i pray that your spirit would move in their hearts and they would come forward they would step up and accept you lord they would confess and accept the way it's supposed to be god i can't pray them into heaven i can't pray Uh, I can't can't do anything here behind the pulpit for them except lift them up. God, it's between the Holy Spirit and them. And I pray, God, that it would convict them, it would move them to come to you. God, I know our time here is getting more limited each day that we're here. We don't know what's going to happen in this world. We don't know what's going to happen in our lives. But, God, I pray that we'd seek you, we'd seek your face, we would seek your guidance, we would... Lean on those everlasting arms as we sung about earlier. God, I pray that you would be that stronghold that we need right now in our lives. And God, as we kind of watch the clock tick down for each one of us, I pray that that we would utilize the time that you've given us here on earth to be a witness to those that are around us. God, that we would help lead them to salvation. We would be that prayer warrior that can pray them out of harm's way, that we can pray them into your path, into your will. God, let us be those vessels for you. God, again, we thank you today for what you're doing, and I pray, God, you would protect us in all that we do as we leave this place, place a hedge of protection around each and every one of us. We thank you again for grace and mercy. We thank you for love, your abundance of love that you have just continued to pour out on us. We praise you and we worship you today. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I want you just to think about decisions. We all have decisions to make. So as you make decisions this week, make good decisions. Like my daddy always said, remember your name, remember your family name, make decisions that would honor your heavenly father. So make good decisions when you leave here. Good day and God bless.